Yes, people, and welcome to episode 14 of the Training Lever podcast. I'm your host, Steve Boxman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dave, from Boxers First. Dave, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good as always. I'm ready to crack on with episode 14. Uh, a decent enough card coming this weekend, a bit of entertainment, and enough to talk about from last weekend to see us through, so an exciting show ahead. Yeah, and as always, we'll start with the weekend's action, and we'll start with Joe Joyce against Carlos Takam. Joyce scored a six-round stoppage win. Dave, we'll start with a stoppage. I thought it was a little premature, personally, but I have seen worse. What are your thoughts on the stoppage? I think because we know how tough Takam is, I wouldn't have stopped it. I, I wouldn't have stopped Carlos Takam in that situation. He wasn't throwing back, but he was hardly staggering around the ring either. He didn't look hurt. And we're talking Steve Gray, who kicked Lewis Ritson's towel out the ring the other week when his own father wanted to pull out the fight. So I think a lot of this has been spawned from from his hypocrisy in that situation. How can you let one man who's clearly out of it, and his father wants him out of it, carry on? But then Takamu, we know he's as tough as he come. He's teak, he's tough, he's winning the fight. Why can't you let him continue it? It just seems like maybe if Joyce was in that situation, Joyce wasn't in the fight and Takam was all over Joyce in the sixth round, would Steve Gray have been as quick to step in? I I don't think so. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Dave. I think my main concern with it is is the consistency. And I've spoken about it, we've spoken about it on here, about the consistency of the referees over here, the judges and so on. And I just think there's no consistency there. If that was the away fighter uh, with the incentive there, the fight's not getting stopped. We've seen it with with Lara and Warrington. Warrington should have been stopped long before he was, and that was very dangerous. And we could see that in the rematch, uh, the repercussions of that. Hopefully, it, it doesn't go down that same route. But I, I just think the lack of the consistency is, is just not right for me. You mentioned the Ritson one there, and it's the same referee with Steve Gray. And yeah, there, there's just no consistency for me. And like you said, you've got to know the fighter. As a referee, you've got to know the fighter. We know Takam as as hard as nails. He's super tough. We've seen him sparked out by Povetkin. We've seen him sparked out by Chisora. But he's been in wars in, in those situations as well. And for me, he was stopped too soon against Joshua. We know that. He was stopped too soon against Joshua. And he, he's now been stopped too soon against Joyce for me. Now, don't get me wrong, Dave. And I'm sure you'll agree as well, because we, we predicted it. We said that Joyce and many people would have thought the same. We said Joyce would get the stoppage. And I, and I felt he would get the stoppage the, the further that fight went on. But he still jumped in too soon for me. I, I just can't agree with these early stoppages. He wasn't in the most, he wasn't in the biggest trouble there. And like I said, I think some of those shots were missing. Some of them were grazing the gloves. And I, I just think, he was he was getting himself back in it and maybe he was ready to start throwing but yeah I think that's where he's let himself down there he hasn't thrown back but yeah still too soon for me and I know not everyone's going to agree and some people will say right stoppage and so on but yeah not for me but in terms of Joe Joyce Dave what did you make of Joyce now for me it's nothing new um, he is what he is he's got a solid chin we know that great engine we know he can dig but. He takes far too many shots um, for my liking, Dave. But what do you make of what did you make of Joyce's performance? Yeah, I'm in the same camp as you. We didn't. I wasn't surprised by anything I saw on Saturday night, and the criticism that followed was was surprising. Really, we know he's not the next coming of Ali, so why is everybody questioning his defence? We know he's not that type of fighter. He's a relentless, solid-chinned, 
hard-hitting fighter and his game is to keep walking you down, keep walking you down and if he's walking you down, you've got to throw punches. If you're not throwing punches, he's hitting you. And he knew if he could walk Takam down, Takam's got to throw, Takam's no spring chicken anymore, he will tire and that's exactly what Joyce's game plan was. We knew he was going to take shots. Now, people go back to his fight against the Boaz, eh, it's a completely different fight. He didn't really take any shots. His defence was much better. It wasn't. The Boaz didn't fight anything like Carlos Takam. Takam fought a good fight. The type of fight you need to fight against Joyce because if you can keep small, if you can fight explosive, burst forward and get inside, you're going to land on Joyce. There's no two ways about it. The Boaz seemed to try and fight on the outside against Joyce. Maybe he, did, he had a lot of respect for his power which we know Takam will walk through absolute hell to get to you. So the two different fights. Joe Joyce is never going to be a defensive genius. He's always going to be that granite chin fighter that keeps coming forward. No, he's not got fast feet. He's a plodder, but he's hard as nails and he'll keep punching and he'll keep punching and he'll grind you down to a stoppage and that's exactly what we saw. So I didn't learn anything new. I wasn't surprised that he took shots and I wasn't surprised that, that he won by stoppage. Yeah, Dave, and I, I put out a tweet after the fight. I said that I, I wasn't happy with the stoppage, as I've just mentioned, but I also said that Joshua, for me, would stop him in six. And I, I'm going to speak about this in a moment, but some people really bit on that tweet, Dave. But for me, the, the reasoning for that, I think some people, um, and I saw it across Twitter or on Fight Night as well, and before it and after the Dubois fight and so on, some people got a little bit carried away with Joe Joyce for me. And, and like we've just said there, he is what he is. We know what he is. We know he takes shots. We know he's got a good chin. He's got a good engine. But some people are taking that a step further now. And they're, they're saying nobody can knock him out. He, he's, his chin is that solid. You're not knocking him out. But if you, and again, if you don't, someone doesn't knock him out within six rounds, they're going to get knocked out themselves and so on. I, I think we're going too far. He can be knocked out. He, he's been knocked out in the amateurs. Okay, he hasn't been knocked out in the pros. But he hasn't fought Joshua. He hasn't fought Wilder. He hasn't fought Fury. He hasn't fought none of these guys. And this is not me being critical of him. He's 13 fights or so in. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to push him and say um, he should have fought all of these guys. But for me, it's just some people getting carried away saying he can't be knocked out. And for me, he can be knocked out, particularly um, if he's taking that amount of shots against better opposition. Now, I just think at, at the higher level, the elite level, which he's trying to get to, and he, he's 35 years old now, so he's not getting any younger. But again, I think they've moved him on. And I said this last week, they've moved him on brilliantly. I think the way he's come up and he's gone straight into tough fights from the first fight when he, when he turned pro. So I, I'm not going to knock him for that. There, there's no criticism of the route he's taken. He's ta taken a very good route. But yeah, it's just those people for me that are getting a little bit carried away. Now, he can push these guys. He can go in there and make it a tough fight with with his solid chin and with, with his engine and so on. But for people to say that he can't be knocked out, even fighting in that style against the best, I, I think that's rubbish. I think if he fights that way against a Joshua, against the Wilder, again, that level is unforgiving. You're going to come a cropper. Solid chin or not, if you're blocking punches with your face, Dave, you're going to get knocked out. So um, I'm not being critical of him in saying that. I think he, he's done very well. Um, up to now with, with the tools he's got and he, he still could improve and he still could get better we saw the difference in his style a little bit of difference in his style when he fought Dubois um, when he got behind his jab and we know how good his jab was in that fight and obviously Dubois found, found out how good his jab was at, um, in that fight but yeah just for me if he fought the fight he fought against Takam against the Joshua Joshua would knock him out in six and I think I, was, I, I rushed into that tweet by, by saying it 
But I didn't really have time to think. I'd just gone straight after the fight. Boom, Joshua stops him in six. And I think what I should have said is, is if he fights Joshua, Harry fought Takam, he gets stopped in six. And I, I'm fully behind that. He would. If he fights that fight and he takes that many shots, Joshua is not going to be so forgiving that the combinations are going to flow. He's going to get knocked out. But I'm sure if that fight ever did happen, he will be a lot smarter. Of course he would. He would get behind his jab. And I'm sure Joshua would be a, um, would be a lot smarter in that fight as well. But going forward, Dave, um, he is the WBO mandatory now. Um, that's not going to be called for a while. We know Joshua and Usyk, that is the WBO mandatory. So he's going to be waiting a while for that. So what are we looking at in, in, in terms of his next opposition? Who's he going to go for? Because... Are they going to take that risk with the mandatory? Do they want to lose that mandatory by taking a risk? Or, or should he be taking these risky fights considering his age and he doesn't want to be waiting around um, fighting weaker opposition? Because he could be 37 by the time he gets a shot. Um, so put some names in the hat, Dave. Who should he be looking to fight um, next? And who, who, who are the sort of guys you think he might fight? I think they're going to manage him well. He's got the golden ticket, hasn't he? He's that mandatory. And like you just said... There's a risk with every fight he takes now. There's a risk that if, as soon as he loses, there's not many who are going to give him that opportunity again based on how tough and how hard he is. But I'd like to see him in there with an Andy Ruiz, somebody who can move a bit with fast hands. Let's see how he can cope with not someone who's who's a hard hitter, who's tough like Takam, but somebody who can, who can unload combinations. Like you just said there, Takam was hitting him with isolated shots. He was hitting him with one shot at a time. You haven't seen him really come under that barrage. Does he want to go in against the win the winner of Fury and AJ, if it does come to that? Does he want to go in without having that experience under his belt where he's not in there against a solid combination puncher? I don't know. I think he's going to be managed wisely. I wouldn't expect... I, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen him in there with maybe a Parker, who, who's a good name, solid name, former champion, and he's definitely not at the height of his game, is he, Parker? I don't think the hunger's there anymore. I just don't see, especially against Chisora in his last outing, I didn't see the Parker of old. I think he's definitely on the way now, and, and that's a name for Joe Joyce. And, and for me, that fight's a safe bet. I, I'd bet on Joe Joyce all day long. I think that's the route we might go down. I can't see him fighting a Ruiz or a Hunter or a White where he does, he, he is susceptible to a defeat there much more than he is maybe a Parker or even a Kanauchki. A Hellenius fight would be good. They're both very similar. They're not the fastest of fighters, but, but they can hit hard. And I think that type of fight, it suits Joe Joyce a lot more than somebody with a bit of speed in their hands a bit, who can move a bit, a bit more of a boxer. So, yeah, I'd say... Maybe Parker. Parker would be my number one choice who he's going to fight next. Yeah, Parker's a good name for him to, to get on that resume. And yeah, it is a fight that you would think he could win at this stage. I've not been impressed with Parker for some time now. I know he got the win over Chisora, but as, as we said, he's not the fighter we thought he was a few years ago. Uh, Ruiz, we've just mentioned there, that, that's a majorly tough fight for him majorly tough. He's a tough fight for anyone right now. I know, I know we haven't seen him against others um, other than the AJ fight, but of course in that first AJ fight, we see how dangerous he can be. With that hand speed as well, he's got a solid chin as well. That would be a great fight with Joyce, but yeah, that's a very risky one. But Other names, Dave, maybe Chisora. We've been speaking about Chisora against Joyce for bloody years now, but whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. Luis Ortiz, we, we, how old is he? We don't know, but 
I think at, <laughs> I think at this stage you, you would back Joyce to to go in against an all. We we haven't seen all T. We haven't really seen much of all T since the Wilder fights and so on. So Chisora, all T's Parker. I think they're realistic and. I think he, he could win all three of those. He could obviously lose all three of those as well. But I think there, there's an element of risk in all of them. But I think those are the level of fights he should be looking at. If he's going to get the shot at the Joshua, Usyk, Fury, whoever it might be by the time it gets called, then he's going to need to have some higher level fights going into that. You, you wouldn't want to chuck him in with Joshua tomorrow, let's be honest. I, I think I think that's going to go wrong. So, yeah, all tees. Chisora, Parker, they're three good names for me. So it'll be interesting to see uh, which route they go because I don't think they're going to get away with just standard milking opponents. They've, they've got to get him in with some tough fights. Um, and let's see, I think it's going to be a year, a year and a half before he gets that that mandatory shot. But th- that all depends, of course, how the rest of the division, uh, the division goes. We don't know what's going to happen with Joshua Usyk. We don't know what's going to happen with Wilder Fury. We don't know what's going to happen if... Uh, the two winners of those fights going to meet and so on. So, yeah, there's lots to decide first. But, look, let's be honest, um, it's good times for Joe Joyce. He's got himself into a great position. And I'm not being critical of him when I said that AJ would knock him out. That that That's just my opinion on that. But that might change closer to the time if, if that fight ever does materialise. But, yeah, just just on based on what I've seen of Joyce and, and, and so far in taking too many shots for me but yeah let's see uh but also on the card dave uh we had hamza shiraz we spoke about him last week um my thoughts haven't changed i like him um he looks like he means business for me he did what we expected him to do but dave did he impress in doing so yeah he's ticking ticking more boxes every outing for me what i saw uh the weekend was what impressed me the most with his use of his jab we know he's tall and, and obviously the jab's gonna be one of his primary weapons, but it's the way he uses it. He doesn't just use it as a ramrod punishing shot. He sets up off it. He sometimes throws a lazy jab, quite often through that fight, trying to draw shots out of Gurria, who sort of tasted Shivas, Shivas' power and, and was a lot less offensive. He went on the defensive, so Shivas was, was pouring out a lazy jab, trying to pull something out of Gurria so he could counter it. So his use of the jab was phenomenal. For a fighter who's, what, 13 fights in now... He's so composed. He he was sat on Gurria's chest. He was happy to fight on the inside. He boxed his brains out. And, and it was a brilliant stoppage as well. It was a perfect fight. And I think he's ready to start at least targeting the people at the top of British level now. He, he's ready to be moved on because he is a hell of a talent. Dave, you agree with Dwyer now? Is he the second coming of Tommy Hearns? There's never going to be a second Tommy Hearns, is there? Tommy Hearns <laughs> is special, man. He can't be here, but he's Shiraz. He's the first coming of Shiraz. Let him be that. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I don't really like him, as I said, over the last week or so. He, he's got a lot of talent, the boy, and he, he's got to use those physical advantages that he's got at the moment. I'm sure we can see that up at 160 as well. So good times for him, and it'll be interesting to see how he's matched. But we're going to look at some confirmed and potential fights. Um, Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk. It has finally been confirmed for the 25th of September at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, I'm going to be getting to that one, as I spoke to you about earlier, Dave. It is a big one in the division. We've spoken about this a few times, but not really in depth. It's a huge fight in the division. Now, Joshua's the favourite going in, um, as he is for, for the majority, or well, as he always is for his fights at the moment. Uh, probably not so if he fought Fury, but... Um, this is a real test for him, isn't it, Dave? Alexander Usyk. 
Yeah, he's a different type of fighter music, isn't he? What uh, Joshua's faced at heavyweight so far. He's had the Vladimir fight, which was a very skilled operator. But outside of that, he's not really getting technically great fighters. He's getting powerful fighters, fighters who are hard, solid fighters. But Yuzik's completely different to anything he's seen before, anything he's come against before. He's going to have to be 100% focused on this fight because... People say Yuzik isn't a big heavyweight. He's not. Has he been impressive at heavyweight so far? That's a hard one, isn't it? Because he went against a Chisora who was... He had the fire in his boots, didn't he? He wanted that fight. We don't see that from Chisora to keep that fight up for 12 rounds. Was was incredible for a man of his age. So Yuzik's not really impressed at heavyweight. But we know what he, he did in the Super Series. We know what he's about. He's technically solid. So if... if AJ isn't at the. Uh, it's not going to be a one punch bomb out. He's, he's going to have to fight a very intelligent fight, AJ, and it's completely different to going in there with your Pulevs and Pavetkins and people like that, where it, it's a bit more. I'm not saying that they're not technically good fighters, of course they are, but they're a, they're a bit more one dimensional than Yuzik, who just seems to have technical ability by the ball. Or he's, he's an incredible fighter, so he is. It is a good fight. And I'm glad AJ took this fight because there was talk of him dropping that belt and I think the criticism he would have received that he'd done that would have would have been colossal. He would have been absolutely ripped to shreds. So I'm glad AJ's took it. It is a risk. AJ could have sat and fought, you know, lesser opposition and, and just drifted by until the winner of Furia Wilder was, was announced. But he didn't. He's took this fight and fair play to him. I am excited for this fight. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one, Dave. The heavyweight division needs these big fights, as we know, and it, it could really start coming to a position where people get really excited about the division. We haven't been excited about the heavyweight division for some time now, but with the possible fights that could be made, and if they happen, then, then it could be really exciting times for the division. But you just mentioned a few names that, that Joshua's fought, the Pavetkins, the, the Pulevs, and so on. And, and of course, what Usyk brings that they didn't is the engine the hand speed, he, he brings something completely different. And it is no easy fight for Joshua. And I, as much as I would favour Joshua due to his size, due to his strength, uh, it, it's not going to be easy. And, and for me, all results are possible. And I know that sounds like stating the obvious, but it, it really isn't. Some might say Joshua KO or Usyk points, but I can't agree with that. Joshua could win behind the jab. Uh, Usyk could get the stoppage. It's all possible. Um, honestly, I think Usyk's going to find it harder for me to get a decision against Joshua in England Definitely. than he's going to by trying to stop him. Because with Joshua being the A-side, come on. We know if that goes to the cards, Dave, there's only one winner, let's be honest. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of princes in Saudi Arabia. I've got a lot of money waiting <laughs> to give to Eddie Hearn. It's going to be almost... He's going to have to box a perfect fight, Usyk, to get them cards because... There's no way it's going to be handed to him. He's going to have to be so decisive. Not only that, not only could it be because of the money. Anthony Joshua's unified heavyweight champion. You've got to take the belts off the champion. I'm a big believer in that. I know people say, oh, if you win the round, you win the fight. But I think you've got to be decisive. If you beat a champion, you've got to do it decisively. You can't just walk in and edge the fight and expect to be crowned champion. So Yuzik on points, he's, he's got to... That, that's a tough ask. AJ, I've said this all along and people criticise me. Oh, you don't like AJ, you hate AJ. I don't hate AJ. I doubt AJ's stamina 
I think if you can make AJ fight at a pace with the size of him and, and the, the amount it takes out of him throwing big shots, he does tire. He did it against Vlad and he got his second win that he was incredible to knock Vlad out. Yuzik, if he gets AJ tired, that's when he can score that knockout. That's when he'll be putting everything into that fight because surely he'll be in the same mindset as us. I'm not gonna get a I'm not gonna get a fur card here because of what potentially the golden egg, the, the biggest fight in British boxing of all time, one of the biggest fights in boxing history, relies on Anthony Joshua getting this win. So the judges might not be so favoursome towards me. So I need to start pushing this fight and looking for this knockout. So like you've just said, any result in this fight is possible. Absolutely any result. Dave, you've just said it about you, you've really got to beat a champion. and we, we hear that all the time. You've, you've got to go in there. You've got to beat a champion clear to take those belts. Now, I don't particularly agree with that statement, but I know that statement is true. If you're in a close fight with the champion, the majority of the time, the decision is going to go off the way of the champion or it's going to be a draw. We saw it with Charlo and, and Castano um, last week and... It's just one of those things, David. We know it's the case, and particularly with 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 the the level of the, let's say cash cow that Joshua is. Yeah. If you're gonna go there to take Joshua's belts on points, <laughs> you're gonna have to put in a special performance to get that decision. So, good luck to Usyk trying to get that. But he, listen, he's capable of putting on an absolute masterclass, of course. So. Let's see. I, I can't wait for it. And we're, of course, going to preview that closer to the time. And I'm really looking forward to doing so, as well as being able to watch that fight. But I've got a couple of questions for you on both of them, Dave. I'm going to start with Joshua. If Joshua does beat Usyk, will he get the credit he deserves? Or is it going to be brushed off as just beating a cruiserweight? I think he'll get the credit of the fans that like him. And he'll get discredited by the fans that don't. That's just a sport we're in. I some people see Joshua as quite a divisive character. I don't. I like Joshua. I like what he does inside the ring. I don't take, like the same with Fury. If you go into interviews and you're taking what them two say in interviews as gospel truth and and how they speak and what they say is who they are, then you're much mis mistaken. It's a game. Boxing as much outside the ring business as it is, punching each other in the face. I like Joshua. He's a solid champion. He has got weaknesses, as every fighter does. But he's also got great strengths. He's entertaining. He's great to watch. I'd rather watch AJ than I would Fury. Any day of the week, AJ is a much more exciting fighter than me, for me, than, AJ, uh, than Fury is. And people say I'm a Fury fanboy, but I'm 100% not. I just call it how I see it. And if I think a fighter has got the upper hand, I'll say it. And uh, But that's exactly how it is. You can't say this because... <laughs> These fighters, they just have fan bases. They have fans of the fighters. So the fans of the fighter of Joshua will say, that was a great win. Music, your undisputed cruiserweight champion, proven talent, Olympic medalist, great fighter. And those that don't like Joshua will say, you beat a blown-up cruiserweight. You can see it already, can't you? Yeah, most definitely you're going to have that group of people that are on that bandwagon if Joshua gets that win. But of course... If Joshua does beat Usyk, you cannot question his resume in all honesty. Yes, we want to see him against Wilder and Fury. and We're hoping we get to see him at least against one of those um, if he does beat Usyk. But you can't question his resume with the names he's got on there. If he adds Usyk to that as well, the, the depth on that resume is much better than anyone else's in the division. So, yeah, it will be quite harsh for people to, to play the victory down if he does get it um, just by calling... 
um, Usyk just a, a cruiserweight and so on because he's a special cruiserweight and he's arguably the best cruiserweight ever. I know we've got Van der Holyfield as well, but those two alone, they, they're the standout cruiserweight. So it will be a big win and I think he does need to get the credit um, if, he, if he does get that win. But as for Usyk, babe, my question on Usyk, if, if he does, if he does beat Anthony Joshua, he's one of the best free fighters on the planet, isn't he? Without a doubt. Like nobody's even looking at it from that angle. If if Alexander Usyk gets his hand raised in sept is it September, he is without a doubt pound for pound right at the very top. That's an incredible achievement to go through that WBSS, which was it was a hell of a tournament anyway. It had some killers in there, and to come out unscathed on top and then go up to the heavyweight division and take on the unified heavyweight champion and beat him in his own backyard. That's, that's unheard of, Neil. It's an incredible achievement and you, you will not be able to ignore him. That man would be, yeah, like you say, top three. Up there with Inouye and Canelo, top three pound-for-pound pound talent. Yeah, it'd be right up there. It'd be such a big win for him. And again, I just spoke about Joshua's resume, but if you look at Usyk's, obviously, undisputed cruiserweight champion, if he's got the likes of Gassiev, Bradis, Joshua on there. That that's just an incredible resume. And I know a lot of people they, they like to base their pound for pounds on resume these days rather than the whole package. So if you're doing that on resume, then then Usyk's gonna be right at the top of that list within that top three anyway. So it would be absolutely huge. But on to another, a possible fight. And uh, speaking about another pound for pound fighter here and one that people question time and time again. Terence Crawford. Um We've seen that uh, the WBO have ordered Terence Crawford to defend his WBO welterweight title against Sean Porter. Now, Dave, we spoke about this midweek. And for those of you who didn't catch our reaction to it, um, you can find this on our YouTube channel. So if you go over to uh, Trading Level Boxing on YouTube, you can find a reaction of myself and Dave uh, midweek on this. So we're not going to repeat all of the things that we said on that. I want to point you towards the direction of listening to that video. But this is a big one, isn't it, Dave? And the division, and in particular Crawford, they really need this fight, don't they, Dave? Yeah, I think this fight sits well with both fighters. It's a great fight for Porter as well. He's got a great opportunity here to come and dethrone Crawford before Spence even gets a look in. Obviously, it's a Spence fight we want, a Spence fight everybody wants. But if it wasn't for the WBO stepping up and making this mandatory... I shudder to think who Crawford would have been facing. It, it, I can't see anybody of, of any real rating, of any real talent. It would have been a real poor, poor fight. And that's not fair for Crawford. Crawford will fight anybody. We all know that. And I'm not putting the, the blame on Spence either because I think Spence will fight anybody as well. We know where the problems lie. So it would have been a real shame for a man of Crawford's ability and, and, and his age, he's not getting younger to get just thrown in with somebody who, who doesn't belong in there with him, for him to walk through him and then take the criticism afterwards for knocking over another fighter who, who couldn't lace his boots, it would have been would have been real bad for Crawford. So, like we mentioned in the video, hopefully this fight comes off. There's not been much movement since the initial announcement. I'm sure there'll be a lot going on behind the scenes, but fingers crossed this gets made and, and it's, it's a super fight. Yeah, it really is, David. It, it makes sense for all parties. Now, we're talking both fighters. We're talking both promotional teams as well. I think it makes so much sense. And and to be honest, I'm, I'm more hopeful on this one than I've ever been. Um, Crawford's not giving up that WBO title. You can write that one off. He is not giving up that title. If he gives up that title, he completely ruins 
any chance he has in that division at all. So he's not giving up that title. And and for me, it makes a lot of sense for Porter, especially if it goes to purse bids and he gets that 40%. That's very kind of the WBO, giving him that 40%. Um, and he gets another shot at a title. So fingers crossed this one takes place. But um, like I said on the video, Dave, if, if it doesn't happen, we're going to know who to point the fingers at. So go and watch our video on YouTube. Go and have a listen to our thoughts on that. So again, trading leather boxing. Um, on YouTube, and you can find out our reaction to that fight when it was called. So another potential fight we're going to talk about now, uh, now Dave, Jojo Diaz against Ryan Garcia. We've spoken a little bit, uh, bit about Jojo Diaz in the last few weeks due to his fight with Fortuna, um, and obviously we've been speaking about his back and forth with, with Haney and a possible fight with him, which for me makes sense for both of them. Um, Diaz is Haney's mandatory. Why not go and take on the, the WBC champion and, and try and become a two-weight world champion? And for, of course, Haney, he needs some better names on his resume. And, and Jojo Diaz, I've said it, he's an underrated fighter. That's a very good name to have on your resume. But it seems no one wants to take this mandatory fight. Now, if, if Jojo Diaz fights Ryan Garcia, when he's already got that mandatory position, you have to, you have to wonder why that is. Now, I know they're both with Golden Boy, so... He's going to be advised to go that way, but it just doesn't make sense for his point of view. Go and fight the champion, and if you win that belt off of Haney, then you can go and fight Ryan Garcia with the, with the WBC belt on the line, and it's an even bigger fight then. But, yeah, it's the whole Golden Boy thing, I guess. But, um, Dave, would you make it that fight Diaz against Garcia? I think the WBC have to shoulder some blame for, for this even. Uh, like you said, Diaz is mandatory. His next logical step is Devin Haney. But when the WBC are making Fortuna and Ryan Garcia mandatory to Devin Haney... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely. (laughs) Now you can see where Giorgio Diaz is coming from. Why go and risk it against Haney for probably less money? I don't think he's as big... He is a decent draw, don't get me wrong. But I see Garcia as a bigger draw. He's got the whole social media following. We know that he brings an army of fans with him. So the money's there for him. Like you say, Golden Boy, it's an in-house fight for them. Everything points at that fight being made. But you've got to shoulder the blame at WBC by making this even a possibility by just crowning two mandatories. An absolute ludicrous decision. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy, David. Of course, it's been going on for some time now. and it's You just can't quite get your head around it. But you're going for... Um, money over legacy for Diaz then you think he's going to go for that money over than taking a, a a title shot and a chance to become a two-way world champion well I don't know I think Haney, Haney feels that that fight's slipping away from him now so he's starting to whoop his social media activity and he's firing a lot of shots at, at Giorgio isn't he trying to suck him into this fight Haney will be confident he can take Diaz and I'll be confident that Haney can take him and maybe Giorgio feels that way too so he goes against Garcia first, gets the money. If he wins, he goes up and fights Haney. I don't know. That, that It's a difficult one, isn't it? We all say, oh, a fighter should fight for legacy. and But put yourself in Giorgio's shoes. If, if, the, if the figures are very, very different, I know which line I'd be signing. And ultimately, it, it, it's a business decision. This is a job for these guys. So if he's going to get in there for, for a lot more money, then I can see why he would make that choice it's not good for his legacy it's not and we've just seen the heavyweight uh, Michael Hunter do it and and you know I slated him for it but I can understand why they do it ultimately I can understand that yeah David you made a couple of good points there and 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 for me um it just points towards Jojo Diaz is in a bloody good position right now to have the option 
between Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney. He's in a great position. And, and if you think back to not too long ago, when, when, when he lost his title on the scales against Rakimov, okay, you wouldn't have thought he would have been in this position right now. So fair play to him. He's knuckled down after that and, and he's come back. He's got an excellent win. And now he's put himself in a brilliant position. But if, if it is to be Garcia against Diaz, I, I honestly can't call that fight. And I know a lot of people are just going to go straight. Ryan Garcia wins that. Not for me. It's not that easy. Garcia would have been out the ring. We don't know where his mental state is going to be when he comes back in. But that's a tough one to come back in for. And after seeing Diaz up at lightweight against Fortuna, he's proved himself at that way. He's proved he's not going to be an easy fight for anyone. And like you said, I would favor Haney to beat Diaz. But I think with Garcia, I'm having that fight a lot closer. I really am. And I would give him a big chance of getting that win over Garcia. There's still a lot of question marks about Garcia. And and listen, if Garcia was to beat Diaz, I would give him massive credit. I'll give him credit for beating Luke Campbell. That's a very good win. If he beats Diaz, I would go as far as saying, although he's only just moved up to lightweight, I'd go as far as saying that's a better win than Luke Campbell for me. I really would. I would say that's a better win than Luke Campbell. So if he goes in there, comes back in, beats Diaz, credit to him. But my question would be after that, if, if Ryan Garcia comes back, he beats Jojo Diaz, is he going to take the Haney fight after for the mandatory? I don't think he's going to do that. What do you reckon, Dave? No, he, he seems hell-bent on tank, doesn't he? And we know why as well, but for the same reason that Jojo Diaz wants a Garcia ticket, tank and Ryan Garcia, probably outside of Canelo, maybe Anthony Joshua, the two are the biggest draws. So them two together in the ring, he's a, he's a huge, huge money fight. So... It's a bad one for Haney, isn't it? He, he won the title under really shadowy, dark circumstances. I'm sure he didn't want to be handed the title that way, but you've got to play the cards you're given. How often does, do we see a champion begging a contender for a fight? And that's ultimately <laughs> where Haney's at now. And We're going back to the green and gold. It's a WBC who have made this. If, if Lomachenko wasn't made franchise... And Haney wasn't promoted to email, we'd have a much clearer picture. But we haven't, because they've messed it up, they've fogged it up. Time and time again, we're seeing ABC bodies just making an absolute hash. And it's not good for the fighters, it's not good for the fans, but it's good for pockets in high-up places. And it's a shame, really, because Haney, I like him, he's a solid fighter, and he didn't need to be handed a title by email. He will be a legitimate world champion anywhere. But he's, he's always going to receive that criticism. He's desperate for a name on his resume. Everybody knows that. The fighters around him know that. And they know they can use it against him because the champion should never be desperate. The contender should be desperate for a shot at the strap. And because of the WBC, it's completely flipped it on its head. Yeah, I completely agree, David. And like I just said with Jojo Diaz being in a great position as champion, Devin Haney's not in a great position. And, and that's very confusing, like you've just said. It, it shouldn't be the case. Um, now, I know he's been putting out that he, he's the most avoided fighter in world boxing and so on. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, I think some people are reluctant to fight him because of his style. And, and maybe they think they're not going to earn as much money from that fight as they would from others and so on. But he's more an unlucky fighter for me. He, he's in a very unlucky position. As, as a champion... Like you said, he, he was it was unlucky that he had to win the title that way or or be given the title that way. And I hate, as you you know, and I've spoken about it already. I hate to see titles given out. I would have loved to have seen him in the ring winning that belt as a champion because I'm a Haney fan, as as I've mentioned before. I would have loved to have seen him given that opportunity, and that's sort of gone against him. And he, 
he's very unlucky. He can't get the fights he wants. He can't quite attract those fighters and for whatever reason. But I give him massive credit for what he's done and in, in making himself a um, network-free fighter because he's given himself that opportunity. I don't see why we can't see Haney against Tank, for example. Why can't we see that fight? That should be able to be to be made, considering that Haney can go over to Showtime and he can fight Tank on on, on Showtime. He, he's not tied to the zone anymore. So fights like that, he's given himself the opportunity and he's trying. We can at least see Devin Haney is trying to get the big fights, and that can't be said for everyone in in and around those divisions. So fair play to him, and and honestly, I do hope he gets the big fights. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to get that Diaz fight next. So I would still like to see that happen for him. But if he doesn't get that Diaz fight, I've heard Eddie Hearn mention that it could be Richard Comey. It could be Gary Russell Jr. For me, we can rule out that one. I don't think we're going to see Gary Russell against anyone right now, let alone Devin Haney. But again, if it was to happen, it's to happen. It's a good name, but I don't think that fight's going to happen. But Richard Comey... Um, is that a good option if 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 Diaz of uh, the Diaz fight doesn't happen, Dave? Yeah, yeah. You get credit for beating Comey because everybody knows he's a good fighter. Uh, Lopez got credit for beating him because he is a solid enough fighter. So there is options there for Haney, but he's he's just really disappointed for him. I can't see he he would have fought Lomachenko. I've no two two ways about it. He would have fought Lomachenko. He was mandatory, and he would have done what the mandatory is supposed to do and fought the champion. And and now he's at a point where we're looking at Comey instead of other champions. It, it's you know no disrespect to Comey, but it's it's not where Haney wants to be. Haney wants above that, doesn't he? So. Let's see what's happening with Lomachenko next and, and Lopez has been inactive and for a division that had so much promise what 12 months ago with the stars that was in there it has it's ground to a halt since Lopez beat Lomachenko it's really slowed down and it's it's becoming a politics division which we really desperately didn't want we thought the biggest fear of them fights not happening the big fights involving Garcia's Haney's Lopez Lomas was People jumping division and moving up because we knew they weren't going to be there forever. The, the young men, they're still growing. They was going to go up to 140 and, and potentially 147 in the future. But instead of fighters leaving the division becoming a problem, it's, it's politics and, and promotions again. And it, it's just time and time again. How, how do they wreck it so often? It's just incredible. So I do feel bad for Haney. I feel he'll get a break. He will get a break. But it's just when it can't come soon enough for him. Now on the head, David, uh, you're really ripping into the governing bodies today. <laughs> They'll be having spies on me. <laughs> I know you've been itching to do it, Dave. I know you've been itching to do it. We're, we're definitely going to have a segment on that. We'll try and get one in next week where you can really let rip. Yeah. Um, because I know you've been itching to, to go at them. But you, you've made some very valid points. And they've not helped with this division in particular, as well as some others, of course. But yeah, with the whole WBC situation in this division, it, it's really made things difficult. And like you said... We're not seeing those fights. We're not seeing the fights that we want to see since Lopez and Lomachenko. So hopefully something gives soon and, and we do start to see the fights before these guys do move up because we know it's going to happen. Um, Lopez is going to move up probably before any of them. But Haney won't be so far behind. We don't know what Tank Davis is doing. Is he going to go to 140? Is he going to come down and fight back at 130? Or is he going to move to 135? We don't know. I think he's going to keep his option, options open and float between. But as for some of the fighters like Lomachenko, he can't do that. He can't go up to 140. He's not, not going to be able to do that. He's 
135 is his absolute max. Could he go back down to 130 this stage? I don't know. But, yeah, we need to see these fights happening. So let's hope and let's get our fingers crossed on that. But lastly, uh, for a potential fight, and this one seems pretty much nailed on, Golovkin against Morata um, for December. Now, unifications are what the 160 division needs. Um, and, and hopefully a fight like this would pave the way for Charlo Andre. But... To be honest, I, I highly doubt that's going to happen. I know we've heard talk about it again this week, but uh, honestly, I've, I've kind of given up on Charlo Andre. There's a fight I really want to happen, but I've kind of given up on it. And I, I don't know, are these guys still waiting for Canelo? Um, if they are, I think they're wasting their time. Canelo's got eyes on other fights. Of course, he's getting for the undisputed first. And then he's probably going to look maybe, maybe at a defence uh, before moving up again to 175. We don't know, but... He's not coming back to 160. So unless you're willing to go up to 168, just start defending your title against other champions. Go into their unification fights and, and look for it. And I know they both want Golovkin, but uh, we know Golovkin's not the easy one to get at the moment, as we know. doesn't matter whether you're on the same network as, uh, as him or not. At this stage of his career, he's picking and choosing those fights very well. And it is it's an interesting one, Dave, because... Obviously, his career has been made off of people avoiding him and, and not wanting to fight him and so on. And and for him to be in a position now to, to be doing the same to others, it's kind of a weird one. But for me, what I want to see Golovkin do now, if he's going to fight Morata, fine. Go and have that unification. I've got no issues with that fight whatsoever. That that could be a very exciting fight. Um, and it's going to be in Japan. It's going to be huge. It'll be a massive fight. But for me, at nearly 40 years of age, I'm not happy with the fact he sat out of the ring for a year, for a year, waiting for that fight. He could have got another fight in between. Surely he could have gone fought among gear or someone like that. Anybody, but you could have got a fight in between. But yeah, for me, take that fight and then look for a big one. Look for a big one. I think he, realistically for me, after Murari, he should have one more. So go and chase a big one. Forget Canelo. That's not happening. He's not coming back to 160. You shouldn't be going to 168 at this point in your career. Maybe you should have done it years ago, but not now. So if you beat Morata and you've got those two titles, finish with a big one. Go and fight one of the other champions. If it's Charlo or Andre, it doesn't matter. Go out with a bang, win or lose. Go and take one of those big fights. What do you reckon, Dave? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. He, he's certainly at the final pages of his final chapter, isn't he? And... As you say, I love watching Golovkin fight. He's, he's a great operator. He's heavy-handed. He, he does take shots, but he bushes them off like they're not there. He, his combinations are, are insane. He, he's a great ambassador of the sport. He's a credit. But a year out, towards the end of your career, he's, it's not ideal. He's sort of gone off the radar. He's getting a lot of criticism for it. And we know that that division is being held up by somebody who's not even fighting in the division. It's absolutely insane. Charlo's come out and said, I'll fight Plant and winner fights Canelo. That's not going to happen. Why is Plant going to give his golden ticket up? So stop looking up and start looking around you. Get in there with Andre. Prove that. You know, that's a great, great fight for me. Charlo versus Andre is, is the, the makings of a, a brilliant fight. Golovkin fights Murata. Winners fight each other. The winner of that fights Canelo. And then we sail off into the sunset and we've we've become undisputed and, and, and the rightful man's got his golden shot at, at Canelo. But... The, the, it seems that that petrified of losing to another champion at 160, which means they'd lose the right to fight Canelo, that they just won't face each other. But there's nothing to say that Canelo wants to fight them anyway. So just focus on, on your division and, and then let's see what happens from there because you're much more 
attractive proposition to Canelo if you're an undisputed 160 pound fighter moving up then you are somebody who's just very mouthy isn't willing to unify against other champions and just wants a payday he told Andre in that press conference when when Andre interrupted him and he said you just want the payday you've not fought anybody so get out there fight him make a claim stake your claim and then fight fans will say yeah you should be fighting Canelo you've done this you've become undisputed you beat the men you've proved you are the man you deserve the shot 168. But until then, you're just chasing shadows and you're wasting your career. No, I want to hit it again, David. You, <laughs> I'm on it, I'm on it. You, 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 you're spot on, David. Again, you, you've just you've just hit the ideal world. Now, I wish I, I wish we lived in that ideal yeah. world where, where that can happen. It all sounds so simple as well. Um, it if, should be if, simple, though, like, Steve. It's a simple sport, isn't it? It's boxing. It should be the most simplest sport in the world. And why is it not? Uh, exactly. But yeah, we, we wish we was in that ideal world and it would be so much easier that that's how it would work. And it would, that, that's an easy route to an undisputed champion. That's an easy route. Two unifications, winners me. Simple. That's an easy route to an undisputed champion. But everyone's got to be willing to do it. And it doesn't seem like anyone is willing to do it, let alone one party does and one party doesn't and so on. It doesn't seem like anyone is. Golovkin's going to take that Murata fight. He might see that as the easier fight, which most people would, as the easier uh, easier champion to beat. But who knows? At this stage of his career, he could come a cropper in that fight and things could change drastically. But it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, I've not got much hope on that Charlo Andrade fight. We've spoken about it quite a few times on here. It is one I'd love to see. But yeah, I won't get my hopes up on that. But we're going to move on to the weekend. Um, we're going to speak about some fights that will be happening. Um, and it's the start of fight camp. So fight camp kicks off with Conor Ben um, and Adrian Granados as the headliner. Now, Dave, hopes are beginning to build around Conor Ben, but he is in a real tough division at 147 pounds. Um, two questions. What do you make of him and how far do you think he could go? I didn't think he was going anywhere. And that first fight with Pernod seemed to pay dividends to what I thought. But then he rematched Pernod, stopped him. And he's, he's all demeanour, he's all attitude, he's all work ethic. What he does in the ring, the way he conducts himself out the ring has completely changed. He seems like a different fighter. And I've got high hopes for him. But as you've just stated there, 147 traditionally has been, and he's, he's currently a very, very, very tough decision, division. And the future's not any easier when you've got people like Boots and Ortiz Jr. and other fighters coming through. It's, there's never going to be an easy time for Conor Ben. If I could wave my magic wand and make him win a world title, I would because I really like the kid. I think, he, he like I've just mentioned, he conducts himself well. He looks like he's he's really into the game. He dedicates himself to the sport. We've heard him talking about being first in the gym last out and he seems like a really likeable kid. But that world title might evade him, you know. In that division, it is a massive, massive ask. Yeah, Dave, I'm a fan. I was a fan of his dad and, and I'm certainly a fan of him, mostly because I was a fan of his dad, but not just that, from what I've seen of him so far. For me, um, he was written off um, as just the, the boy who, whose dad was an ex-former uh, world champion and so on, because that's what he was at first. And yes, he was given opportunities that some other fighters wasn't, but 
he, he's worked for that now. He, he's come on leaps and bounds since that pain on flight. So it, it was actually a decision in the second one, Dave. Um, you said he stopped him, but it, it oh, was a comfortable. Yeah, but it was it it was a shutout. Um, it, after that first war that he had, where he was knocked down twice and he got back up, but he showed heart in that fight and he, and he got up and he, he didn't lie down. It, a lot of young young fighters at that point they could have lost that fight by a stoppage. Um, they might not have bitten down on the gum shoe like he did and came back and he could have had Pena out of there at the end of that fight and it was only a six rounder that fight had got on to seven and eight rounds he probably would have had him out with, with the adrenaline that, uh, he had built up uh, but he works hard in the gym Dave he's got a great attitude and he, he's made big improvements uh, since that pain old fight um, I like the way he's being moved through to be honest um, he's making step ups um, and I still don't I don't see the urge to rush. And I'm going to speak about this more to me. I don't see the urge to rush. You can really build something with him. And he's a headliner now. Um, and he's exciting to watch. He's explosive. He's got heart, as I've just mentioned. He's got the talk of his old man. Uh, now, some people don't like that. But I, I love his confidence. I love the fact that he's talking about the Sean Porters of this world. He's not ready for that. But I love the fact that he's talking about it and that he'll be willing to go in there with Sean Porter next week. But... Um, Granados, he's going to provide a good test. He's a tough Mexican, uh, as you expect. Mexicans are tough, and and we've seen it in the in in the past few months or the past few years where Mexicans have come over and and they've caused some upset. So don't take anything for granted. But um, he's been in there with some top fighters. He's been in there with lots of Porter. He's only been stopped once, and that was Danny Garcia. Um, he's on his way down. Um, there is wear and tear there with the wars he's been in because he has been in some real scraps. But he's a test. Um, he's not going to be an easy night for Ben. Um, he, but Ben, for me, we've seen it with the Pano fight and, and coming up. He's up for a scrap as well. Um, he can win ugly if needed. Uh, so for me, if, if Ben gets the stoppage in this fight, like he did against Vargas, that's a real statement. So, uh, Dave, what, what sort of test are you expecting this to be? Yeah, like you just mentioned there, the typical Mexican test. He's going to come at you. He's not going to give you a second's break. You're going to have to fight him. You're going to have to be sure that you've got the metal, you can fight in the trenches, but also be intelligent and choose your moments. I think Conor Ben's got all that. Conor Ben's shown recently that he has got all that, but this will this will just solidify the fact that he has got all these talents. This is it's sort, it's sort of at that teetering, ready to step up to the next level, isn't he, Conor Ben? And I think this, a, a good performance here against Granados, can he stop him? That, Like you've just mentioned there, that will be one hell of a statement. But even if he doesn't and he fights him well and he wins convincingly, I think that's that's a great decision. Granados, not that long, well, it was a while ago, but he split decision lost to Broner. You know, and Broner at that time was the dedicated Broner, not the nightclub Broner. So that wasn't a bad decision. It wasn't a bad performance by Granados. So if Ben can really put on a show and show everybody that, like you mentioned, I'm not just a son of a legend and he can keep improving, then he's getting close to that world stage now. Yeah, and, and you've, again, you've, 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 um, you've hit it on the head there, David, now on the head yet again there, um, talking about where he goes and so on as well from here. Um, this, this is what I wanted to move on to. If, if successful, where are they going to go next? What route are they going to take? Do they go back and challenge uh, for... The British and Commonwealth titles. Do, do they fight a Mickinson, or, or do they go? Do they think he's past that stage and continue to look for more challenging international opponents? Dave, which route do you think they're going to take, or is, is that going to be dependent on on how he performs against Granados? 
yeah, Eddie's not daft, is he? He's not going to rush him. Um, and we know that Eddie's got massive hope for Conor Ben in the coming years. He, he, he wants him to be the star that, he, that he's shown he can be and he's entertaining. So I don't think he's going to risk him yet. What about a Conor or Brook fight? We know Conor and Brook are still hanging on in there and, and they're willing to fight. And you, I'd fancy Conor Ben in them now with Conor and, uh, with Conor and Brook right at the end of their careers. I can't see him. Conor Ben's just got that boints in him. He's got that adrenaline in him. He's got that boost. He's got that fight, that hunger. I think that could be a really good fight against Conor or Brook. They're both money spinners, as you know, Dave, as well. And I'm sure Hearn himself would be more than willing to to look at those type of names. And, of course, Ben would be more than willing to get in there with them as well. They'll be good names for the resume, although we know both of them are nowhere near the level they was at when, when they was obviously at, at uh, the top of the divisions they were in. But, yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad shout there, Dave. They're two good names. They're easy sells. It's going to be exciting. Um, whether he beats them or not, them fights are going to be exciting against the car and against the Brook. So uh, it'd be interesting to see where they're going to go. As like we said, there's still no rush for me. Um, we can build him up here. I'm happy. I'm happy if they they take some domestic fights and he goes and fights Essiman uh, for the British titles and so on. Avenesian's another one they could yeah. be looked at. We saw what happened when Josh Kelly was rushing against him. I think we're looking at it now. He looks. He looks to be going past Josh Kelly. Um, is Josh Kelly a name we could chuck in there? Um, I don't know, but uh, let's see. I, I think he's moving along nicely, Dave. I, again, I don't think there's any need to rush, but there's some real good options out there for him, isn't there? Yeah, he, he's in a division where there's just loads of options around him, so he's spoiled for choice, really. You will get people who want to push him harder and harder and faster, but like you say, there's, there's no reason to push him that fast. Evanasian European title, but not really a fan's, you know, casual fan name, is he? he? He obviously beat Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly, like you mentioned there, I think that's a good fight. Kelly will still sell up in the northeast. He definitely got a loyal fan base up there, so he'll bring numbers. And, and that's an entertaining fight. We know that they've had words in the past, so they could easily build that fight. But, yeah, there's no need to jump too far too fast yet for Ben. Let's just... Like you say, he's being matched well, he's being moved well. Let's just keep it easy and, and it, you know, he'll get there. He'll get to the top and then, not saying he'll win a world title, as I mentioned earlier, at 147 is a, is a really tough division. But he's certainly got some big nights ahead of him. Yeah, and I think he, he's got a bit of a profile already, Dave. Of course, it helps with, with uh, obviously, who his dad is. But he's got a bit of a profile. And I think Eddie's going to build on that. He, getting him on as headliners uh, now is just showing... Uh, the level he's moving towards, and I think he's going to be very smart with that, and they're going to play on that. They're going to make, they're going to, uh, they're going to want to make Conor Ben one of the faces of the Zone UK, and they're going to push that. They, they, they want to make him a pay per view fighter, and I don't know how that's going to work now with with the uh, Zone UK. They, they've spoken about Conor Ben becoming a pay per view fighter, so how that's going to work now? Probably going to turn to what? What did they say, Dave? Premium cards, wasn't it? <laughs> He's gonna become. He's gonna become one of the premium card fighters. We still don't know what that means, by the way. But it's <laughs> game changed. Think, game changed. Yeah, yeah. Game's changed. Uh, they're gonna look to make Conor Ben one of those premium card fighters, and yeah, so he'll be matched well. But I think he'll be matched in, in some exciting fights along the way as well. But what about the rest of the card, Dave? Um, let, let's see how much this is going to change the game. But we've got uh, Tommy McCarthy against Chris Billum-Smith for the Commonwealth European and British titles now. That's a vacant belt. Um, that's a great fight. I love that fight. Uh, we've got uh, 
Jukan against Lee Wood, and I like that fight as well. We've got Jack Cullen against Avni Yildirim. From Canelo to Jack Cullen, what a move for Avni. Avni <laughs> with respect to Cullen, of course. Uh, and we've got a few others on the card, like Anthony Fowler featuring. I know he's um, Garcia pulled out, and he's yeah. got a uh, Muller, the German replacement, in. So there, there's not much to get excited about on that one. But what do you make of the card in general, Dave? Is it a good card? It's not a bad card. It's um, with you that I like the McCarthy Bill and Smith fight. There's been a bit of build up between them two. Both good talents. Tommy McCarthy's bounced back well after his previous defeat. And Bill and Smith did both losing to Victor Riappo, didn't they? But they both come back well. So he's definitely a fight that I'm looking forward to on the card. The Kanzu one was a real surprise, really, wasn't it? And I know we might may well talk further on that. Uh, Andy Fowler, uh, recently become a dad, hasn't he? So let's see if the late nights and the nappy change, you don't catch up with him. <laughs> he might put a lacklustre performance in. We've got Campbell Latton on. Is this his first fight that's not pay-per-view? It's not a bad record, is it? He's <laughs> yeah. another one, another one with a famous dad. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he's got to go through. He's got to go through because he's getting the same stick that Conor Ben got early doors. The people are questioning him already. So let, let's see if he can come through like Conor Ben has, because obviously Conor Ben's broke through that barrier and he's now now starting to get the plaudits and he's he's got people um, obviously getting something um, becoming a little bit uh, ambitious behind him. So let, let's see if, if if Campbell Hatton can get to that stage as well. That would be interesting. Yeah, there's only so far of a famous father will get you. And, you know, ultimately, it's you in the ring. Your dad can't jump in with you. So it's the jealousy of... And I can see it. I can see why. Because there's fighters that come through the amateur rankings. They get nothing given. Everything's earned. And it's hard, hard business selling tickets as an amateur fighter. And then you're trying to turn over into the pro ranks. And if you're not an attractive business proposition, you're maybe not getting the chances. And then they see it as this fighter who's... You know, Ricky Atten's son can just turn up with his kit bag and get a fight. And I can see why they do get upset. But ultimately, Campbell Atten won't reach the, the top of the world if he's not good enough, regardless of who his dad is. So let's see how he goes. I do like him. Again, he, he, he does seem to have a good attitude. But let's see how far he can go. It's, it's good to see this. He's, oh no, this guy hasn't got a winning record. He's almost, he's got a neutral record. Four wins, four defeats. So he's, he's slowly increasing his opposition. But as you say... If his name wasn't Campbell Hatton, you wouldn't look at that card and go, oh, he's fighting somebody who's, who's not got a winning record. You just see a fighter who's only had two professional fights, still finding his feet in the professional game, who's, who's coming up against somebody who's got four, four wins, four defeats. But like you say, because it's Hatton's son, he's always going to receive that criticism. Yeah, that's it, Dave. Uh, the one final fight on that card, which we didn't mention, um, and I know most cards are filled with at least one uh, women's fight on there as well. Um, so I don't want to miss it out in case I've got any fans of um, women's boxing listening. Uh, so Sandy Ryan, she's highly tipped fighter. She's making a debut on the card as well. So um, that makes up the whole card. So I think it's pretty good. It's better than the cards we were seeing on, on a Saturday night on Sky Sports, let's be honest, over the last however many years is now, Dave. Uh, so it's a good card to, to start with the fight camp and, and hopefully there's going to be some really exciting fights on there. But Dave, uh, Zhu Kam, we, we, we spoke about him briefly. Um, he's fighting against Lee Wood. Now, this is a good fight for me. It's exposure for Zhu Kam um, coming over from China, of course, and, and it's a great chance for Lee Wood who's trained by the man in the moment, Ben Davison. So you can expect uh, plenty of feints and, and changing the levels from Wood in, in that fight. But um this is a keep warm fight uh, for, for Zhu Kan, isn't it, Dave? Now, 
for me, if, if Can wins this fight against Lee Wood, um, they sit and wait for Warrington Lara. If Warrington gets his revenge, we get the Warrington Jukan fight that they were planning on making before the pandemic and so on. So, but even if even if um, Lara's successful, um, Eddie's going to keep him on. We'll probably see a Jukan against Lara fight. Yeah, is that the way you're looking, at, Dave? Yeah, definitely. It's the oldest trick in the book, isn't it? I remember going to watch Hatton against Las Cano at the uh, City of Manchester Stadium, the Etihad, and uh, a certain Paulie Malinaji was on the undercard. We know why they do it. It's to raise profiles. If if Kanju doesn't fought over here and, and Warrington did gain revenge over Lara and then they tried to sell him, the Chinese, Chinese man over here, people would be like, casuals, definitely. We know who he is. We know he's a solid enough fighter. But... Casuals aren't going to buy it, are they? Going to be thinking, who's this kid? We've never seen him before, you know. You're trying to sell us uh, Deadwood here. But... So it's, it's one of them. You showcase a fighter. But Lee Wood's a potential banana skin for, you know, he's not a walkover. Davison knows what he's doing. I know he gets his criticism, especially after this weekend. He, he seemed to get battered a bit on, on social media. He's one of them characters where you either like him or you don't. But there's no denying that he equips his fight as well and, and Wood will definitely be going in there eyeing this as an opportunity a massive, massive opportunity that's fallen at his feet and he will give it everything he's got Yeah, yeah. I, I won't I won't uh, discredit uh, Wood for this fight he's definitely going to make it a good fight and this is what makes it an interesting one for me and like I said, it's a great opportunity for him but um, one thing worth mentioning is the WBA title Um now, we, we have to be clear, it is the WBA world title. So we know that as the WBA regular title. They don't call it that at the moment. They just call it the world title. So you've got WBA Super, you've got WBA World. For those of you confused, I'm probably not even going to be able to explain it enough to you. So just, just ignore it for this part. But yeah, it is the regular title. We know that. It is being boosted as a world title fight and so on. Now, everyone's going to have their opinions on this. They they they. There's not a lot of consistency with thoughts on this. Sometimes when someone is the WBA world champion, it's seen as, as a big title. When others are uh, the WBA world, champ world champion, it's not seen as a big title and so on. It's just got to be uh, one or the other. And for me, I don't count the regular titles as full world titles. Um, but one thing to be clear on here, Leo Santa Cruz, he is the super champion. The last time he fought in the division was God knows when. Yeah. Um, I don't think he has any plans on even coming back to the to the division. So I don't know why he's still holding that title. Why have the WBA not stripped him of it? Or why have they not asked him to at least vacate that title so they can move on with it? Um, now, again, I don't like people being promoted and given titles. I, I wouldn't like to see Jukan given the super title. But of course, that's the way the WBA go about it. If, if Santa Cruz vacates or he's stripped, they will make uh, you can the super champion. Now, I hate that, like I said, but that is the way it will go. So, Leo Santa Cruz, something needs to be done with that to, to obviously, let's have a bit of clarity with this WBA title. And I think that's that's in the plans as well. If obviously Zhukan wins this fight and then does face the winner of Warrington Lara, let's say Warrington does get revenge, by then, you would expect Zhukan would have been promoted to WBA World, uh, Super World. <laughs> and then, obviously, <laughs> Warrington then has another chance of becoming a world champion again. Or Maurizio Lara has a chance to become a world champion. I hope, I hope that's cleared it up there, Dave. But it, 
that, that that's the way it's probably going to go, isn't it? <laughs> Even I'm confused after all that. <laughs> but yeah, again, we mentioned it earlier. It's 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 not a world title fight. I look at the regular WBA title as as sort of just a glorified interim, really, isn't it? It's not a world title. It's it's it gets you in peace. That's all it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, but we're going to finish with our predictions as always, Dave. Uh, Dave, you got back two points over the weekend, as you know, with a bonus round. Um, the premature stoppage of and you those two points back. But um, I remain one point ahead, so it's super close now with just that one point. And hopefully we're going to have a few differences today. Um, and I think you are. I think we are going to have a few differences with these uh, predictions here. But Lots to play for. And we're going to start with a headliner. Uh, ben against Granados, Dave. What's your prediction there? I've gone for a Ben points victory. I, I think he's going to be too much. Granados at the back end of his career. It's only been stopped by Danny Garcia. I don't think Conor Ben can stop him. I think he's going to take a wide points decision. I'm, I'm going with a statement win, Dave. I'm going yeah. with a win. So we are going to have a little difference here. I'm going with a Ben stoppage. Um, he's going to be a test, no doubt. Um, again, he's a tough Mexican and he is going to push Ben. But I think similar to Joyce and Takam last week, I think the wear and tear is there. He's not 40 years old like Takam is. Um, he's only 31. But I think he's been in enough wars to, to be a 40-year-old fighter uh, when this fight gets really tough. So I think I think Ben is going to get the stoppage in the second half of the fight, maybe around 7 to 9, 7 to 10 or so on. I'm not fully confident with that, but I think Ben is going to be vicious in there. And yeah, he is tough, but I think it's gonna it's gonna get a little bit too much, and I think the wear and tear is gonna 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 come to the aid there. So, Jukat uh, against Lee Wood, Dave. We've had a little discussion on it, but what's your prediction? Yeah, I think it's gonna be an interesting fight. I've gone for Jukat points. He he doesn't have great power, does he? He's a great technical fighter, but Wood's gonna be in there. He's gonna be looking to win. He's gonna be well prepared going to be doing his boxer size classes with uh, boxer size Ben and he's going to be ready to go so it is going to be interesting but Jukan will come through this points decision yeah I think Jukan on points is the easy money Dave like I said he hasn't got the he hasn't really he's not really a power puncher so he throws for fun we know that and you could expect ridiculous numbers from him here but I think his speed's going to be the difference here I think he's going to I think he's going to outpoint Woody, and I do rate Wood as a good fighter, but I think can I do think he's that level above. Uh, so points win for Zhukan for me, Dave. Um, McCarthy, Bill, and Smith, Dave. What's your prediction there? This was my hardest one to pick for me. Uh, I've gone Smith stoppage win, but I've no real <laughs> confidence. Looking at it, he's such a tough fight to call. It is a real good fight. Yeah, you you summed it up there, David. It is a tough one to call. It could well be the fight of the night. You, you've mentioned how McCarthy's recovered since his stoppage uh, defeat against React Poor. And, and of course, uh, like you said, Bill and Smith has a loss to him as well. Close to fight. Uh, but I'm I'm going with Bill and Smith here. Not not based on the fights with React Poor. I, I, I don't I had an argument with someone on Twitter over this yesterday. A bit of a clown to be honest. And it got to a point where he was asking me to explain to him why Joshua and Wilder are better than Chisora. I'm not even going to go into this oh, one. Wow. Yeah, I, he pretty much uses the logic that this fighter beat this fighter in this round and this round <sighs> got that, so I'm saying he's got a better chance. You, you can't, it, it doesn't work in boxing no. like that, so I'm, no. I'm not using the fights against React for uh, <laughs> I'm not using that. Well, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> no. When people look at you look at obviously Danny Williams get his win over Mike Tyson, who get his win over uh Larry Holmes who beat Ali and you see people who, who have beat Danny Williams and then you find people who have beat the man who beat Danny Williams yeah. and then you find out Dave Allen's you know he, get, he can go back and he's the greatest fighter ever. He, just, he does not work like that. <laughs> yeah, he, listen, it's not great logic and uh, and just just to just to finish, he, he finished by saying to me, um Yes, that's the logic I use, but at least I use lo uh, logic. You just write things for the sake of it or some nonsense like that. It's basically yeah. saying I'm, I'm just making up predictions without having no thought into it. But, uh, Was that a mute or a block? Uh, listen, I, I left it. I just left it. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't know who he was until the last few weeks. And I, someone put a post up saying about how shocking of an account he is. And I've never seen, never come across it before. And then all of a sudden, he started commenting on a few of my posts, but it's always <laughs> negative, never anything positive. I'm thinking you've always got something to say for yourself. It's a, a lot of the time I just let those things go and ignore it, but I just couldn't. Um, yeah, <laughs> he, he jumped on talking about um, when when I mentioned about uh, Joshua beating Joyce in six, and he jumped on with the whole world. Joyce beat uh, Takam quicker than Joshua, uh, and all this, and then it just got a little bit yeah. sick. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Enough of the rant there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my prediction. Uh, I, I really rate Villain Smith, but uh, I've been arming and arming about this one with the outcome. I've been thinking, shall I go with stoppage? Shall I go with points win? I, I really don't know what to do. And, and in the end, I've, I've gone with a stoppage for Villain Smith. Uh, yeah. Villain Smith. So I've um, gone with the same as you there, Dave. But last one, um, Abney Hilderim. We said he's gone from fighting Canelo Alvarez. Uh, to Jack Palin. Um, so you imagine that was part of the Canelo deal, though, to get him a sh uh, slot on a show um, in the future after that anyway. But how, how do you think that fight was, Dave? I might surprise you, yeah. After yielding him, yeah, he has been in there with Canelo and Eubank Jr., but he's been blasted out by both. So I'm sure I could go in and get blasted out. It doesn't make me I'm a good fighter, does it? So I think just because you've been in there with these people, I don't see that as, as a gauge to how good you are. If you performed well against... Canelo, then yeah, there's, there's, there'd be signs there to suggest you're a decent fighter. He didn't have a second of that fight. <laughs> I know Canelo's the number one fighter in the world, but it, was a he, he, <laughs> it, it just didn't belong anywhere near that ring, did it? So I've gone, surprisingly, Cullen points win. Do you know what? It might sound surprising, but it, it, well, to some, but it's not surprising to me, Dave, because I'm going exactly the same way. I, Ooh. I, I just. <laughs> I just don't think Yildirim is that good. I, I think the WBC no. have looked after him like their little baby. They've wrapped him up in cotton wool there. Um, and in all, all honesty, I'll give him it. Against Dirol, he was unlucky. And, and you yeah. could say he was robbed a bit in that one. But he was fortunate enough to have even got the shot against Dibble because he had a few shocking decisions going his way before that fight as well. And I can't forget, like you just mentioned there, I can't forget Eubank Jr. absolutely destroying him. And I think, again... As it, this is a win uh, again. It has <laughs> the win for Canelo against Yildirim. It, it wasn't really looked at as a good win anyway, but it's definitely going to get worse when, when Jack Cullen grinds out a points win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to get worse when when again. I'm I'm not discrediting Jack Cullen here. Um, I apologise if it sounds like I am, but it is just the the simple fact that <laughs> Yildirim was just in there with Canelo, and yeah, he's now. Yeah. Beaten in my opinion by Jack Cullen, so we're gone with the same one there, Dave. But uh, that's a wrap. Any final words? Yeah, let's look forward to this weekend. I did not think you'd go Cullen points. I thought it's going to be a talking point. He's going to rip me here, 
But I've seen so yeah. much on social media. People say, oh, what's Cullen doing getting a chance against Rilvrim? What do you mean getting a chance? <laughs> it's not a chance. Yildirim's, he's not who you think he is. Stop looking at who he's been in with and start looking at how he's performed. <laughs> it's just crazy. He should not be in there with them fighters. The Canelo, listen, the Canelo fanboys are going to be an absolute hell if Jack Cullen beat because they've tried their best. They've tried their best to... to Big him up. To give him up credit. But I, I don't knock Canelo for that fight at all. He was a mandatory yeah. challenger. It was one to get out of the way. And the fact that he's going in there looking to go in there with Plant again not too long after, you just got to give him credit for that. So I'm not knocking him for that fight. It was never a fight that was going to be close but it was one, just take it. And I said this at the time, take it. I'm not going to criticise him for it. Beat him, then move on. Fight someone else pretty quickly after. Canelo's doing that, so fair play. But yeah, it's a, it's a big drop for Yildirim. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening all. Enjoy the weekend's boxing and take care. <laughs>